0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, all of you, for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. This is Justin Hahnemann. And our mission is simple, to shine a light on bright ideas. And I am so excited because I'm sitting at Turner Studios in Atlanta today with my good friend Jeff Greger. And we are going to talk entertainment, television, TV shows, movies, uh, platforms, digital analytics. like I cannot even wait for the next 20 minutes. So Jeff, thanks for jumping on the podcast. It's good to be here. Jeff and I actually uh, met through a number of mutual friends, but also we went through a program together called Leadership Atlanta. And um, and we have, I I guess, some overlap in our backgrounds. We both kind of have a digital um, and marketing bent um, and even did some work together. At Coca-Cola um, in our backgrounds. And then uh, now Jeff is the chief marketing officer and chief catalyst officer for TNT and TBS, two networks most of you have probably heard of. And um, Jeff has a really incredible background. I I was, you know, Jeff, I was looking at <laughs> your bio and whatnot before coming in. And you've pretty much been responsible for all of the digital work and platforms development and deployment for TCM. For TBS, for TNT, like this has been your space.
1: Well, and you know when you talk about the digital platforms, actually, when you think about my years here at Turner, primarily it's all about show content, uh, launching shows, uh, attracting audiences to the uh, to the shows that we have, to the content that we have. The digital side of it was actually something that basically came to the scene uh, in earnest, you know, several years ago right. when. Um, consumers were looking for alternative ways of watching shows. Um, Nowadays, it's really on consumers' terms. It's like Pandora's box is open, and consumers want it how they want it, when they want it, and want to watch it on their terms. So the linear side of our business has completely uh, expanded uh, and changed that we have to be thinking about linear from a screen standpoint, but now we're thinking about all screens are television. No question. And we have to make sure that we have a consumer experience that will uh, not only just appeal to consumers, but, you know, serve their needs. So so when you talk about the digital side, I could, you know, obviously speak to that, but you really have to look at it from a complete uh, television ecosystem that I work
0: in. Well, so let's start with, um, your role, right? So, I think most people would, when they hear chief marketing officer, they have a pretty good idea of what that might be. Um, but then you also have the r- title of chief catalyst officer. So, so tell us about that. Yeah,
1: that 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 emerged over the last couple of years. Um, we went through a, a reorganization, you know, maybe about three years ago. And uh, post the reorganization, it was clear to us that we had to we had to re restructure our marketing organization to be more future state. Which means more data centric, yep. to be more always on with content, uh, serving and attracting new fans, um, which is part and parcel to the rebranding efforts when uh, our boss Kevin Riley came into TBS and TNT and took over uh, back in I think it was twenty you know fifteen in earnest. Sure. Um, so w- when we reorganized, we looked at our structure and we looked at where we needed to put new competencies. And with an Atlanta-based structure, we also had a LA-based development team. We wanted to put marketing resources in LA, and we ended up adding new competencies in LA and had our current competencies in Atlanta. Sure. By adding these new competencies, we added um, you know, new individuals that literally are running the marketing organization as we speak so even though i still serve as a chief marketing officer we have a pretty uh future state new um marketing structure that's coastal you know part of it half of it's actually in la and half of it's here in atlanta and i laid out a a a, another proposal about um being more about atlanta operations and connecting dots and making sure that we were being as efficient as we can, looking at the consumer experience through a completely new lens, um, which led to this notion of a catalyst officer so that I could literally be looking at things through a different lens, changing things where changes need to be made, uh, blowing some things up that might be blown up, but more importantly, making connections.
0: Right. So uh, let's talk first about TNT and TBS. So a lot of people know TNT from shows like Major Crimes, Last Ship, Falling Skies, um, The Librarians. Uh, on the TBS side, they might know Conan, they might know American Dad, Cougartown, Big Bang Theory. But tell us about those two networks today, where they are, some metrics around them.
1: Well, we could just start with the fact that over the last um, three years, we've basically been working to rebrand both TBS and TNT. Um, we started with TBS and essentially, you know, TBS. If you did any of the brand research from, you know, years ago, people would say it's basically a a, a network that had reruns, sure. uh, acquired programming, and we had some really good ones. Obviously, Big Bang Theory is part of of TBS, and. Um, even though it's, uh, originals are on CBS, we actually attract a wholly diff- a different audience on, on TBS, which really, you know, obviously is good for the show. But for us as a, as a brand, we wanted to be, you know, more, you know, about original programming and literally, you know, wanted smart comedy without rules, which meant we needed to be in a constant development of, of new shows, right. original comedies, uh, with a different flavor. Uh, edgy comedy, but not just one note. And that's where, in the last several years, you've seen a steady stream of originals coming out of TBS. Uh, obviously, you know, Full front of with Samantha Bee yep. uh, has you know become the zeitgeist of the moment. <laughs> right. We have had the Detour, yep. uh, Wrecked, Search Party, Guest Book. Um, I mean, we've just literally every show that we have launched on TBS has been renewed which shows a level of success for the rebranding effort for TBS. Because we feel that the best way to illuminate a new brand is with original programming. And and I think on the TBS front, we literally just did some brand health study back to the metric question. And if you put all the networks, including platforms like uh, Facebook and YouTube, in the ecosystem of where people get content, because content now is everywhere... Um, we were a, a tier three network. And based on the um, development of our new programming and our launches of these new programs, we have actually moved from the third tier to the second tier.
0: So give our audience an idea of what would be a tier one, tier two. You know, well, give some examples. Yeah, the of tier, the that tier
1: ones be. would be the hBO, Netflix, Got it. Uh, YouTube. just based on resonance in the in the in the marketplace sure. in terms of what consumers go to. Uh, as their favorite places for for content, um, moving into the you know the second tier, you're with broadcast networks like ABC and CBS, got it, and the other networks, and it's really a um, a great run that we've been on with TBS, and I think uh, you know for the most part, um, people are taking notice.
0: And then what about on the TNT side?
1: On the TNT side. It takes a little extra time to kind of rebrand a drama network. Sure. And back to the shows that you mentioned, those were shows that served the TNT audience well over the years. But the, the one thing about rebranding is you really want to go after a new audience. Sure. And with TNT, it's all about elevated dramas with more complex uh, plots and and, and and characters that uh, is a little bit more dimensional, um, which you know takes a little time to develop. Um, I would say that we had a a pretty good coming out this past summer with claws, yep. which was uh, a show that really caught on in midstream. Even last year, we you know we kind of we came out with a new show, Animal Kingdom, that uh, again, after the second, third, fourth um, you know show of the series, all of a sudden we started seeing a you know, a tick up sure. in terms of consumers or viewers coming back to that show. We had our second season this year and it grew on its first season.
0: Awesome. That's um, We great. have another
1: elevated drama coming in the, in January, called the alienist. I yep. mean, for those of you who've read the book, saw the preview. We're, we're bringing it to, to the TV screen. It's got a A-list, talent with uh, Luke Evans and Daniel Brule and Dakota Fanning. Uh, so these are examples of what we're going to do to illuminate TNT as again, an, you know, a place for elevated drama.
0: So, you mentioned metrics earlier, and we talked before we got on the podcast about analytics and and, and data and whatnot. And for these two networks, obviously, you, you mentioned you know picking up big, middle of the season uh, trends in terms of viewership and whatnot. And with different platforms now, not just television, but you know a, an iPhone or an iPad or any other device to watch and consume content, measurement, I would guess, is is still very critical, but probably more complex or challenging. It's, yeah,
1: it, it's very complex because nowadays when you think about, you know, those of us, you know, we might work in a business, but we're also consumers. So Absolutely. you ask yourself, how do you watch your shows? And most of us today would likely say we watch on demand. We watch on our terms and we want to watch multiple episodes at, the, at one sitting and not necessarily go week to week. So what we're actually experiencing is literally a hundred um, percent delivery of audience uh, through on-demand platforms.
0: Got the it. The biggest
1: one being, you know, video on-demand. Sure. So you look at our operators, and those have the the on-demand, um, you know, platform. Literally, that is where we pick up a good share of our audience, and then we, you know, obviously measuring that when you start thinking about well, you got live, live right. same day, live plus three, live right. plus seven. Okay. Then,
0: so you're measuring in those types of increments. Exactly.
1: Because okay. that's how we're being monetized through advertising. Um, but then when you get into the longer tail, you know, if we create intentionality for a show, let's say Animal Kingdom. Sure. You may watch it 40 days from now.
0: Right. So, so does th- that do you still credit that show or an episode with that view? We are
1: trying to measure it that way. Okay. But in terms of the actual advertising value going that long out. Sure. That's where we're starting to see some slippage in, you know, some revenue opportunities. Um, but all of that is being part of our, you know, planning as we go forward to make sure that we're capturing viewers across all platforms. And this net is not even taken into consideration yet watching mobile, sure. you know, iPads, you know, you know, obviously we could capture viewing, you know, um, you know, on, on computer you know, sets, but again, the majority of the viewing is on demand through both linear and video
0: deep. Yeah, I just uh, on another podcast episode, I was interviewing. I think I mentioned to you, Clay Scroggins up at North Point, and one of the things they're looking at right now is how do you measure the online audience, and then do you attribute same day, multi day, and then at what point do you still attribute you know back to that content? So anyway, just
1: well, from a marketing perspective, that's the thing. You know, we're even shifting our our thinking around when you when you think about a launch of a show, and you know, if you think about theatrical marketing. It's all about box office, and it's also always about opening weekend. Right. Well, that's the way it used to be in, in television. If you talk about like a leg- legacy television marketing, point of decision, the launch of the show, 80% of the resources going into the launch of the show. Nowadays, we have shifted where a less percentage is going to the launch and a bigger percentage is going into sustaining. Right. Sustaining is because if we create some intentionality for you to watch we're not necessarily saying you have to watch it on Monday at nine o'clock. We just want you to watch it at some point in time. Right. And, and by creating that kind of intentionality uh, we're capturing a greater share of viewership and basically following the way consumers are behaving today.
0: Sure. Well um, I think that's a great segue into the next topic here and that's really around the industry and what's changing in the industry. Um, the, f- the first Point I want to ask you about is you know, you brought up the different tiers, and a couple years ago, I don't think that anyone would have put Amazon and YouTube and Netflix and others in a tier one, right? So, um, and and so, and the, the big networks in a tier two. So, what have you seen in terms of that shift?
1: Yeah, well, um, we used to not have them in that in the tiers. I mean, we've <laughs> right. been doing brand studies for the last you know 10 years, as long as I've been. Uh, you know, chief marketing officer, and you would not even think about those platforms. I mean, they just came to the forefront, you know, you know, four or five years ago, and have just completely uh, taken off. And and again, they've taken off because of consumer choice. There is a different type of user experience in each of those platforms that is completely different than linear television. I mean, we actually have uh, you know a twenty-four hour schedule. We have formats, we have advertising breaks, um, very traditional television. Whereas when you go to Netflix or any of these other services, it is completely a different experience. So right. you could argue that maybe it's apples to oranges, right. but when you're, you know, let's go back to our Coke days when you would say it wasn't <laughs> about a particular uh, soft drink, it was about share of stomach. Sure. Oh my um, gosh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're talking about viewership, yep. you know, you could say, well, it's apples to oranges, but no, it's about share of viewership, share of eyeballs. And when those eyeballs are going to a better experience, you're going to have to think about how you're going to react and adjust to at least improve your consumer experience so that we could retain at least as best we can delivery of audience for our advertisers.
0: Sure. So you mentioned advertising, um, you know, when we talk about industry trends and disruption, advertising certainly are in that space. So what's what's happening with traditional advertisers and new methods for advertising? Yeah.
1: Well, in terms of traditional advertising, I mean, television still is the best reach vehicle. Um, it has the scale that advertisers are looking for. They can buy certain windows that support their, you know, their, their own, business objectives to drive their sales. And I think television still delivers that for them. But what you see, you know, certain shifts in is in branded content, making sure that advertising now has more of an, an entertainment value, um, at least, you know, in particular environments where these advertisers want to kind of deliver a different kind of message. Okay. And certainly from an advertising perspective, you could talk about those other platforms where... You know they are now in Instagram and and Snapchat, sure. and Snapchat yep. Stories, and Facebook and Facebook Live, and in the, every those platforms, their advertising um, creative has to adapt to those environments, just like our creative has to adapt to those environments. So I think in terms of just what advertisers are uh, are moving towards is you know looking at where the biggest audiences are, shaping their creative to to fit those those particular uh, environment uh, in order to continue to connect to consumers. I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard about this um, attention economy, where the attention span of a consumer now is literally less than a goldfish. Wow. Um, I don't you,
0: think I heard that, but uh, yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> so think about a goldfish. I think the attention span of a goldfish is like seven seconds. And a typical <laughs> consumer- <laughs> Who is figured about- that out? <laughs> Probably some scientist, somewhere right. who's been studying, you know, a fish tank. Uh, Adult Swim may have done that. Uh, <laughs>
0: right. of course.
1: But would you, which is why now you're seeing six-second commercials. Right. Because yeah. in order to really get to Just an attention to of a consumer the yeah. is, is through these these short bursts, we have to be thinking the same way when we start promoting our shows. Not that we're sure. in six seconds because we know that a 30 second spot has better resonance than you know 20 second spot and then a 60 second spot could tell more of the story because when you're in entertainment marketing it's not just in sports it's like you know who and where it's like the 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 bulls are playing the Knicks, and you just tell that's them that's all you need to no. know no. Yeah. in entertainment it's more about who what where when and why why should you watch why should you care is it based on the, the storyline is it based on the characters? Is it based on you know some sort of uh, of nuance that uh, makes it you know grab your attention? So we have a, some higher challenges, but obviously we're um, you know capable of delivering.
0: Sure, and I, I see that come to life uh, absolutely in the sporting world where you you, you were mentioning just the <laughs> if there's a game here's the time here's the channel done That's exactly right. Um, what about and in sports,
1: yeah. for instance, you know they have legions of fans or tribes of fans. Right. So if you're a fan of the Bulls, you're going to watch the Bulls. No question. We have to create fans.
0: Right. Exactly. You you're about, already, yeah, that's right, right. If you
1: think about some of a show that's being launched in the entertainment space, there's no equity.
0: Right. We're, there's nothing to start with. You're starting with uh, zero. You're starting with zero. Growing you're starting the, the fan and base. then you got to grow the fan. Wow. Base. Um, you mentioned direct to consumer. This is a third area we'll cover here and then we'll, we'll jump into just the, some marketing trends, but. Um, cross-industry, not just entertainment. I mean, the big focus has been this whole, you know, we got to be one-to-one in terms of our relationship and marketing. We've got to get more info on the consumer so we can deliver the right content, right place, right time, et cetera. How have you seen that play out in your world in terms of um, a trend?
1: Well, um, obviously, um, being data-centric is is the critical um, evolution, um, and we've been at it, obviously, for several years now. Um, The company as a whole, um, we have, you know, kind of put uh, that at the forefront um, of of what we want to do and what we want to be to understand our consumers better. Um, You know, there are some very smart people that are building a Turner Data Cloud that we're able to capture the, you know, greater information about who watches our shows. And when you think about the Turner family, you got CNN, CNN Digital, um, certainly TBS, TNT. Um, you know adult swim you know cartoon network S- S- turner classic movies so trying to gather all the audiences into one right.
0: repository have a single view of all of have a single your view so that we right. could
1: create uh you know better ways to go after consumers and create lookalikes and sure. target and retarget so that certainly is a is a uh, a starting point one of the one of the you know one of the challenges is that you know we don't necessarily um get Consumer information because we work through third parties. We work through this third party with our operators and our satellite providers. Uh, So that obviously is a challenge, but we're addressing it head on. And and certainly in addition to our own Turner data cloud, we'll go to third party sources. You know, obviously there's Nielsen and there's many other sources we go to to pull in as much data as we can uh, about who's watching our shows and then how to target, retarget, and find new fans or find new viewers. Uh, so it's an ongoing exercise. That's the essence of being always on, but also being iterative in your creative so that once you see a piece of creative working, you know you try to understand a little that, bit, and why. And, yep. you know, push something else out and retarget accordingly.
0: Yeah, in my background working... Across some of those third parties, when I was in my consulting days, um, it's always been an interesting conversation around who owns the end consumer and who owns the data about that consumer. Obviously, having a direct delivery platform gives you better access uh, versus distributor, but I I know that's probably a a constant tension. Um, Let's shift now to uh, our, our final topic here. And, you know, a lot of folks probably ask you, how do I get into marketing? How do I get into the entertainment space? And, and what are the things that, you know, you as a coach and mentor here would offer um, to our listeners if they're thinking about a move into this space? Well, you know,
1: it's funny because you work in television or you work in the media space and sometimes you'll forget we're consumers. Right. And, and I, and I was um, speaking at a, at a college in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago and that question was obviously very uh, front and center with the students. And, and I said to them, well, how do you consume media?
0: And, and everyone pulled out their iPhone. Well,
1: they're, they're, you know, <laughs> and obviously, you know, there's, there's traditionalists, sure. you know, who watch linear television. Right. And there's those who don't even sign up for, you know, a linear service or a cable service or a satellite service. Um, and so I said, the first thing you need to be is a, a willing consumer. If you if you want to be in media, you should be using your consumer behaviors as what's possible right. from an, from a career standpoint. Got like it. if you are a creator, yep. you could create and you could publish. Sure. If you are a marketer, how are people marketing to you, and what are your insights, and how do you feel about the, the way they approach that? Sure. And then you could bring that to bear in in a marketing way. If you are a uh, Let's say a a producer. I mean, I, you could you could look at anything from branded content to short form to long form, sure. and get a style. Obviously, the future is if you're into VR, right. if you're into AR, no
0: question, yeah. You know,
1: so you know, part of my you know um, um, messaging to, to to students and those who want to get in the industry is first and foremost, wh- how do you consume media, and how do you want to apply that into a uh, whether it's a career, a job, uh, just a work path. Sure. Because part of this is just getting out and doing. Right. More people could do more today than what previous right. generations was capable of doing.
0: Yeah. The barriers to entry to trying some it's, of these things low. is so low, it's right? Low. You know, you have a video camera in your pocket every day yep. on your phone. Um, you and know. I think
1: even as, a, as a, an employer, when I talk to young employees- or future employees, sure. I asked them basically, so how do you follow media? Right. What is your patterns? What do you do? Do you publish? Right. Um, you know, how do you how do you critique other people's or other companies um, you know, creative output? So that's that's critical thinking that, you know, as a consumer, um, I think is front and center.
0: No question. Yeah. And I mean, I, I see more and more individuals out trying and sampling their own creative Habits or ideas, and then those that want to take those and monetize those. You know, kind exactly. of two different sides mm-hmm. of it. And I, I think you probably see that play out as people come into an organization like this.
1: Right. And I think it's also, you know, you know, you have to be very curious. Um, you certainly have to be resilient. Yeah. Um, those are, you know, obviously two really important traits, particularly for this generation coming into uh media and entertainment. Um, if you're not curious. You're certainly going to be, you know, left behind, and if you're not resilient, you're going to get run over. No question. Um, so those are two traits that you have to bring to bear, uh, wanting to get into this into this business. But I, but I, but I do think that there's plenty of opportunities, particularly because of the new platforms, because of the uh, plethora of of productions. Again, if you think about dramas, there were over 400 scripted dramas last year. Wow you know so when you think of, 400 wow. so when you think about the space now that's that's just dramas right. not thinking about comedies or short form or just any other type of content creation so i think there's more opportunities today than the, than there there were in the more traditional sure. sense you know 10 years ago
0: no question well last but not least give us anything that's any idea of what is coming up that's really cool or trending or interesting to you. And then where our listeners can find obviously TBS and TNT content.
1: Well, TBS, <laughs> TBS and TNT, obviously, you know, if I love still, the new
0: website. I know it's not new anymore, but right. I like the, well, the look and Well,
1: obviously, you know, TBS.com, yeah. you know, is, is, is there for you and TNT.tv. Um, as as a source, I you know every satellite provider or cable provider has different you know channel positions. Sure. If you're in, you know following it from a linear standpoint, certainly video on demand is 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 certainly a the, you know there for the for taking for binge watching. For binge watching, yep. you know you want to <laughs> just you know type in our shows. Um, but in terms of you know what's exciting, um, obviously I think that mobility is really hasn't completely taken off like yep. it's going to. Um, and that's right around the corner. Uh, certainly the question about VR sure. uh, as Virtual being uh, is, 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 is something that is a trend worth watching. There, is a, um, there was a report I just read the other day, by 2020, the, the number of people that are gonna be you know in, into VR is ex- extraordinary. So I think that more and more players are gonna be emerging in the Absolutely. VR space. Um, and so I think that really the opportunities are l- limitless, of what's, what's happening. If you think about media entertainment and media in, in specific, cause all, you know, you think about media and all of it is, is basically, um, entertainment. Sure. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a consumer, uh, cornucopia. You have so much choice, right? You, you know, and, and as choice goes, you're going to, um, you're going to, you're going to basically, um, Go to the places that are most easiest to uh, to navigate. Sure, Um, you're going to go to places that have the content that speaks to you. Um, You're just going to have, you know, the 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 world's going to be your oyster when it comes to just having these these choices available to you. And that's why we talk about choice, navigation, discovery. These are all the things that we have to be concerned about. But as a consumer. You're in the, you're in the birds right you know, you're in the birds eye view a of a lot of possibilities of the possibilities that, that are out there.
0: Well, Jeff, thanks a ton for joining the podcast today. No problem. It was fun. Awesome. Thanks. For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender.